Hi, praise the Lord. So glad you're joining us this evening and with us on this wonderful series of faith, a very in-depth and broad topic that we're going to cover in two weeks, um, which I think is pretty crazy, but here we are. We're going to try to do that. Um, and I do want to give the biblical definition of what faith is, the biblical definition, okay? And we get that from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for, being convinced of what we do not see. Okay, so faith is hoping for something we don't see yet until we have it. Once it's in our grasp, once we see it, it's no longer faith. So that's the biblical definition. I want to make sure we understand that. Because then we can go on to a great biblical character um, that I've picked is Jacob, uh, the deceiver. And he's a, he's a pretty interesting character. We find him in Genesis, in the opening scene here. And he's making a big bowl of jambalaya or stew, whatever it might be. And he's out there in the woods. And here comes his you know, his older brother Esau, and, and he's starving. And instead of giving his brother something to eat, he says, I'll give you something to eat if you give me your inheritance. Uh, and sure enough, his brother's like, sure, I'm going to die anyway. You can have my inheritance for a bowl of porridge or whatever it might have been. And then we find him again. This time, um, Esau and Jacob's dad Isaac is older, he's blind, he can't see, and um, here comes this very hairy Esau to him, and, um, and he says, I want you to go out and prepare me the wild game venison, and I want you to cook it the way you know how to cook it, the way I like it. Again, favoritism is very clear. Uh, Isaac's favorite boy is Esau, and Jacob is Rebecca's favorite boy. Uh, we can see that in the scriptures very, very clearly. Super healthy, right? Super healthy. I'm being sarcastic. It is not. And so then here we are. Um, so, you know, Isaac tells Esau to go out and do this. Rebecca hears this, convinced Jacob to go ahead and get some goats and go ahead and prepare it like it pretend it's some kind of wild game and steal this, this blessing. So sure enough, that's what Jacob does. But Jacob's like, well, he's going to know. He's going to know. I'm not hairy. I'm a balding man. I have no hair. And so his, you know, they, they come up with a strategy. They get some goat skin and they put him on some goat skin. So he, so he looks and smells like Esau. And then of course he comes in and he tells his father, I am Esau. And his, and his father's like, what? You, you come back so quickly? What happened? I, you grab this game and he goes, oh, you're God provided. Little trickster. So then he comes up and he, he gives him the goat that pretends that it's some type of venison. And of course, Isaac is so old. His taste buds are all messed up. He doesn't realize that he's eating goat. He thinks it's some kind of wild animal. And then he blesses Jacob. And then Jacob leaves. And as the door closes, it opens right back up. And here comes Esau. And he's got his platter. And he's so excited. He's going to get this blessing. And he walks up to his father and he says, Dad, I'm here. I've got your favorite meat, the venison you've been asking for. Isaac starts to quiver. 
and says, Esau, is that you? But I already gave you my blessing. And, I, and Esau says, no, I, I, how could you give him a blessing? I just arrived. And, and then they both, it dawns on both of them that Jacob must have pretended to be Esau. So then Esau says, well, take it back. Let, let me be blessed. T take that blessing away from Jacob and let me be blessed. And, and Isaac says, I can't do that. It's done. You will serve your younger brother now. And in a fit of rage, Esau says, I will kill him when you pass away. And storms out of that room of his. Rebecca hears this, goes to Jacob, says, Jacob, you have to get out of here. He's going to kill you. And Jacob, you know, he's not the most courageous person. And he's like, well, where do I go? He goes, go to my, go, you know, go to my house, my father's house. My brother is there and Laban and, 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 and just go there. It might be safer there and, and find yourself a good wife while you're there. Because while you're on the run from your homicidal brother who's going to kill you, you want to make sure you look for a wife. It's the first thing on my mind as I'm running away from a murderer. So he runs. He grabs his stuff. He gets out of there. Heads out of Dodge. And he goes about halfway there. And, he, and then he falls asleep. And he dreams of steps going up to heaven and, and coming down. And he sees angels. And it's this wonderful, wonderful vision. And, and then he wakes up. And he says, this place is blessed. And, and, and I want to start from there, um, kind of lead up to this. This is very important. This is, this is very important here. So we're reading in Genesis chapter 28, verse 18. So Genesis 28, verse 18. <clears throat> Early in the morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed near his head and set up as a sacred stone. And then he poured oil on top of it, and he called the place Bethel. Although the former name of the town was Luz, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God is with me, protects me on this journey. All right, so this, there's some conditions here, okay? If God is with me, protects me on this journey, I am taking and gives me food to eat, because I'm hungry right now. Um, clothing to wear. I do need a new wardrobe. And I return safely back to my father's house. Then the Lord will become my God. There you go. So then you can become my God. Once I have my house. Once I have my fancy car and I have my 2.5 kids and, and that wonderful, wonderful, illustrious career. And I have the huge six-figure digits, you know, salary. Then you can be my God. These are the conditions. This great man of faith, this, this, this patriarch that people name their kids after. And I will set up a sacred stone. That's the rest of the passage. But here we're seeing these conditions. Can I tell you something? This is not faith. 
you don't give conditions to God and say, once you fulfill your part of the bargain, then I will fulfill my part of the bargain. Everything I've read in the scriptures and everything I know about faith, it waits on one thing and it's on you. You make the first move. No, no, not God. You're going to have to move. Once you step out, once you move forward, then God meets you. But a lot of us are like kind of like Jacob. We, we, we love to make these conditions saying, God, if you do, you know, if you give me these things, if you give me this thing and whatever that might be, then I will serve you. Then I will have faith. No. Faith is believing in something you have not seen. Think about that. You haven't even seen it. Your eyes haven't even come upon it. You've only imagined it in your mind. But you hope for what that is in your mind will come to pass. Faith. That one day it will be in my hand and it will come to pass. But here we see this deceiver, this supplanter, this person who has a lack of faith. He ends up in the hollowed hall of faith in chapter 11. And they talk about him. In Hebrews 20. By faith, also Isaac blessed Jacob. He had no choice. He tricked him. And Esau concerning the future. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20. Here's tw verse 21. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, See, Jacob eventually gets married, gets two wives, and he gets tricked by the trickster of Laban, and he finds himself, you know, back, and him and his brother make up, and he has 12 kids, and his 12 kids get older, and you know what's fascinating is he reaps everything he sowed. Uh, he gets deceived. Um, everything that he put out there comes right back at him, because uh, nothing ever goes void. You reap what you sow. Hallelujah. All right. So then, um, by faith, Here's Jacob. He has his 12 sons. His, they've, they've thrown Joseph to, into um, a pit and he ends up in Egypt. And, you know, he finally convinced him everybody to come in because there's a great famine. Um, and then, of course, Jacob comes and he's blind. He can't see. He finally realizes his son is alive. Um, and he was on his deathbed in Egypt. So he's taking their entire family because this great famine is for seven years. So he takes everybody out of the the promised land, and they go back to Egypt because that's where all the food is. If they want to, if they want to survive this famine, this seven-year famine, they're going to have to, um, you know, hang out in Egypt. Um, and so they're in Egypt, and he's dying. And by faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, and he worshipped. As he leaned on his staff. So the staff is significant. It's 
Jacobs has always been a sojourner. He's always been walking around and wandering around and he's going from here to here to here to here to here. But he's leaning on it because he's he tells his son Joseph to take his body back and bury him in the promised land where Abraham and Isaac and Sarah and Rebecca, where they've all been buried. Take me back home. And by faith, he knew the rest of them would join him. That eventually, once the famine was over, his descendants would come out of Egypt and occupy the land. He has not seen that. He did not see that. He did not see himself become a great nation. And he did not realize that his name would be that name of that great nation. But he had faith. Two very different Jacobs. The first one is demanding everything up ahead. Um, you know, at my job, uh, where you want to purchase something, you put 5% down. If the person does a good job, then you'll give them the rest of the 95%. And, and here's Jacob saying, give me 100%. And then <laughs> do the full work for me. Then I'll pay you. I'm not going to give you anything up ahead. And which is so funny because that's not how God works. You don't, you don't get to say, God, here's, here's 10%, here's 15%, uh, a down payment, and I'll, I'll pay you the rest later. And once I see what you're capable of, no, no, no. It's actually the, the opposite. God wants 100%. He, he doesn't want 5%. He doesn't want 20%. He doesn't want 50%. He wants 100% down before anything happens on his side. And then he'll make it happen. That's faith. That's trust. That's believing that he is going to come through. And that's a very difficult place to operate. Because our world does not operate that way. We, we, we always give a 5 or 10%. And we always get 15% to a contractor and see how the work is. And, and, and then if he does a good job, then we give him the other 50%. No, God's saying, I want 100% down. You're going to wait a year and then I'll go ahead and build your, you know, your, your, whatever it might be. I'll, you're going to have to wait, but I want payment up ahead. hundred percent. That's what faith is. And Jacob on his deathbed finally understood this. This is faith. It took him a long time. But he finally understood about this God. He wants payment up front. And I'm not talking about money, but you know, I'm using that analogy here. That's what faith is. That's what faith is. Jesus, Lord, we trust you. God, we know, Lord, that sometimes we doubt. And God, we falter. Sometimes, Jesus, we, we just want to 
We want to make sure we're making the right decisions and we want to make sure that you really do want to fulfill your promises, God. You really do want to fulfill all the things that you have promised to us, Jesus. Help us, God. Increase our faith. Purify our faith, Lord God. Strengthen us, Jesus, to trust you and be willing, Lord God, to invest everything we have up ahead, Jesus, without seeing the return, without knowing whether it's going to come through. Help me, Jesus, to have faith that you desire. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, and please share with one another um, an incredible act of faith uh, that God has done in your life where you stepped out. You stepped out in faith and God met you. Amen. Thank you.